0: Hi, thanks for joining me on the Barbican's Nothing Concrete podcast for this series, The Music of the Black Renaissance. My name is Dr. Samantha Ege, and this is the final episode in our exploration of classical composers of the Black Renaissance. Who better to end with than Florence Price, the quintessential Black Renaissance woman? Price's musical journey began in her home of Little Rock, Arkansas. Her first music teacher was her mother, Florence Irene Smith, a soprano and concert pianist. From 1903 to 1906, Price studied at the New England Conservatory of Music in Boston and earned a double major in piano teaching and organ performance. She returned to the South after completing her studies. But once she moved to Chicago in 1927, everything changed. There, she found a network of black classical musicians who really believed in her and supported her career. She was among numerous other black women who were also composers or performers eager to champion her music. Once Price made these connections, there was no turning back. The 15th of July 1933 saw the Chicago Symphony Orchestra give the world premiere of Price's award-winning Symphony No. 1 in E minor, conducted by Frederick Stock. Colleague, a prominent black society woman and former concert artist named Maud Roberts George entered a contract with Frederick Stock to ensure that this historic performance would come to fruition. Mrs George paid $250, around $5,000 in today's money, to secure this historic performance. The subsequent premiere led to Price's recognition as the first African-American woman to have a symphony performed by a major national orchestra. It was at this concert too that pianist Margaret Bonds made history as the first black solo instrumentalist to perform with the Chicago Symphony. Price's and Bonds debuts were a success. White critics argued that Price had earned her place in the canon of symphonic literature. Black critics felt the dawning of a new era, one of acceptance in the white mainstream, of racial progress, of kinship across the color line. Change felt possible. Soon after this symphonic debut, while Price was out and about in downtown Chicago, she bumped into Frederick Stock. This is what she wrote in her diary. I met Dr. Frederick Stock on Michigan Avenue. He stopped, shook hands and chatted. He asked what I was working on. I told him I was working on a piano concerto. Good, said he. Why not have the young woman Margaret Bonds learn it so it can be played? Well, I think Price already had this in mind. Bonds was no stranger to Price's repertoire. In fact, Price, who was 26 years her senior, not only taught the young Bonds composition and how to work African-American folk idioms into classical music's conventions, she also dedicated Fantasy Negre No. 1 in E minor, which you heard in the first episode. Price's piano concerto wasn't necessarily dedicated to Bond's but it certainly contained some of the lessons that Price would have taught her as a young girl, such as the use of form in large-scale composition, how to construct and develop thematic material, and how to adapt and interweave African-American folk styles like spirituals and plantation dances. On top of that, the piece immediately became a part of Bond's repertoire. Bonds performed it as the soloist with the Women's Symphony Orchestra of Chicago on the 12th of October, 1934, and it was very well received. The full title of the concerto is Piano Concerto in One Movement, but there are three clear movements that follow the conventional pattern of a fast opening section, a contrasting slow section, and a closing fast section. The first section begins with a theme where its melodic shape reflects that which was used in African-American folk songs. So by constructing a melodic theme around a black folk sound world, Price is giving prominence to this aspect of her heritage. Then we have a piano solo, which builds up to the orchestral entrance. The music is dramatic and impassioned, very much in the vein of Brahms, Tchaikovsky and other late romantic inspirations. The second section unfolds like a song without words. It is highly lyrical and evokes the spirituals through its melodic shape. The harmonies are warm and lush. Price really is a romantic at heart. The final section is based on a plantation dance called Juba, which you heard about in the fifth episode. why does Price call it a concerto in one movement? Well, there are no drawn-out pauses between the sections, but I also think she's playing with her audience's expectations. Remember, she's writing at a time where Black women's intellectual and creative capacities are highly doubted. So she tells us this concerto is in one movement then packs it full with multiple themes, moods, ideas, sound worlds, and histories to the surprise and delight of her listeners. Like Helen Hagen from our previous episode, Price arranged her concerto for two pianos and performed this version on a number of occasions. There is one history of Price that suggests she faded into obscurity after her symphonic peak in the 1930s. But there is another history, the one I'm interested in, that shows how women composers, performers and patrons of the Black Renaissance era continued to champion her music, even when the mainstream stopped listening. Yes, Price was the first Black woman to achieve a major breakthrough in the American classical music scene. But she was also a Black Renaissance woman whose music gives us a window into this fascinating and dynamic era. you for joining me on this journey to uncover some of the most important music of the 20th century. I hope you'll agree that this was an extraordinary period of classical music and I hope that your voyage of discovery continues. I've been pianist and musicologist Dr. Samantha Ege on the Barbican's Nothing Concrete podcast. Thanks for joining me. If you've missed any episodes of the Music of the Black Renaissance or to stay in the loop with what's coming up on the Barbican podcast, subscribe to the Barbican's channel wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode was recorded by Rowan Lovell. My albums, including today's recording of Florence Price's Piano Concerto, are available to buy on the Laurelt label.